Fantastic stuff. All right, let's go to our text messages and let's read what we've got here. Uh, let me see. I wish people realized that from the beginning before the flood, nowhere in the Word of God talked about, nowhere does the Word of God talk about cavemen. Oh, yeah. They all had an IQ 10 times bigger than the, than the, than the bigger than the geniuses that live today. I don't know about that. I'm pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lawson thinks he's smarter than an, an antediluvian. I don't think so. I mean, these people were living for like nearly a thousand years. Maybe some of them lived for a thousand years. We don't know, and they mm. weren't recorded in the Bible because only a very few small number of uh, people were recorded in the Bible who actually lived back then. And, uh, yeah, I think you would learn a lot in a thousand years. Mm. All right, let's continue on here. Haiti, one of the poorest countries in the world, devastating natural disasters and greedy leaders, mostly under the control of the New World Order. Untold thousands of children have been taken out of the country by pedophiles to trade in this sickening trade. Many big-name politicians were mentioned in the reports I read. And, of oh. course, you know you can kind of read anything you want to read these days, but it, this would not surprise me. But human trafficking from these poor countries is just horrific, and, yeah. it's, and it's endemic. Um, considering the unbelievable history of this nation, how sad is the state of the nation? Uh, the devil loves to destroy nations and people who love freedom. My heart goes out to them. We all need to pray for Haiti, mm. and we certainly do. We we really and you get it. And this is the problem: you get a, a country that's in collapse like this, and just anarchy is reigning, and it creates a perfect environment for human trafficking. Mm. And the human traffickers can go in there. They've got a ready market. They will find desperate families who are on the brink of starvation. Who will who will traffic their own children just so that their children can survive. Mm. And we see that happening in many places around the world. It's just it's horrific. Uh, 21 days in the womb and now still alive outside. Only God can do this. No, that's 21 weeks. Weeks, mm. not days. That would be that would be insane. That would be insane, dude. Yeah, if you can do twenty one after twenty one days in the womb, then um, you can probably just start in the test tube and stay right there. Yeah. Um, only God can do this. We are marvelous, created a living miracle. Great job, Camilla. Great team. May God bless you and bless Newcastle and the health message and and the life message of the good news. So. Um, yeah, some great text messages coming through there. Mm. Oh, somebody wanted to comment also about your story that you did about uh, in uh, Greece. I think okay, yeah, the, the with the um, with Microsoft. Yes, um, you got to admit that to be that would be something to see. Let's face it; many people will never be able to get to see so many unbelievable sights. Good news, mm. and, and you know when I was I was thinking about that, you know what they should do. With their, with their AI, because uh-huh. AI is pretty smart, uh-huh. you know. Because if for those of you who missed the first half of the show, what they're doing is creating glasses. When you go to an archaeological site, you don't just see the ruins; you can put the glasses on, and the glasses will fill in all the missing gaps in the ruins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where there's pieces that are broken down, where there's pieces that are missing, it just fills it in for you, and can, you can just look around all over the place, and you can just see it as it was. Mm. What they need to do is put all of the tourists that are walking around into traditional dress yeah. of the era. <laughs> so you're wearing like, you know, a tunic. First, and... first century Greek tunic and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And Oh, that would be so epic. 
And and then of course you'd have the it would it would be a massive hit with the tourists because they'd be like oh what is it dressed me as you know and and yeah and, and you can have your own little personal player that's like running around like that that you customize before you go in you create a character maybe yeah that that too you know I'd go in as a Greek soldier for sure <laughs> I'd go I'd go in as a maid Lawson <laughs> what are we gonna do with this. Guy? <laughs> Oh, it's like, like, imagine if the, the glasses, they're like fully shut out, like everything on the outside. They've got it set up and then it's like you walk up to someone who's like a woman. He's like, hey, how you going? It's like you're expecting a woman's voice and then just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Let's not take this one too far. There is such a thing. <laughs> the Bible says so that a man shall not funny. put on a woman's clothing. That would, oh, that would be so funny. And that applies digitally as well as <laughs> physically, I believe. All right, let's uh, go. To the, let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, and let's read what it has to say right here. Yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy. We, we we started into this yesterday, but we're going to focus in on something today that um, is unique in the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy. <coughs> Excuse me. We are going to read Deuteronomy chapter five, mm-hmm. which gives you Ten Commandments. We looked at the preamble yesterday and how the preamble is different mm. because the preamble says, "I brought you out of the land of Egypt." Yes. Where you were slaves, therefore keep the commandments. Mm. Then right in the middle of the commandments, this is repeated again, which you don't find in the ones that were written in stone. Yeah. Okay, let's look at it. Let's start in verse 12 to 15. The Bible says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male servants and female servants, your oxen, your donkeys, and other livestock, and and any foreigners living living amongst you. All your male servants and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath. Okay, so there you've got it right there. And so you have a bunch of people today who make the classic mistake of reading this passage and going, oh, the Sabbath, a day of rest, was just for the Jewish people because they were the ones in slavery and on the Sabbath they just celebrate the fact that they're not in slavery anymore by having a day of rest because they can. Well, I've never been in slavery, so how does this apply to me? Exactly. And so Mm. then some people will say, well, I don't need to keep the Sabbath. And I'm kind of like, why would you not want to keep the Sabbath? (laughs) (laughs) No one's ever given me a, a valid argument as to why you would not want to keep the Sabbath. Like, yeah, I've... Neither. It's like you want you you actually want more stress and more work in your life. Mm. The the only like reason that makes sense not to keep the Sabbath is if you just don't want to follow God. It's what it comes down but, to. I mean, it really, it just it just baffles me. Like, and I mean, in the sense of like, in in the sense of your you don't want to be a Christian. Like, it's like okay, I don't want to be a Christian, so I don't want to. But if you're a Christian. And you have the opportunity to keep the Sabbath, and it's like, wow, I have this whole day where I don't have to go to work, and I can draw closer to God, and a whole day of worship, rest and worship, and it's guilt free, and it's so amazing. 
nah, you know what? I'll just, in, you know, burn myself. <laughs> no, but this is the, the reality. Like, it's so clearly an amazing thing. Okay. So, all right, let's, let's, let's think about this then because we talked about this yesterday. In the preamble, mm. Moses says, keep the commandments because you came out of slavery in Egypt. Mm. And so people come along and they try and do away with the whole of the Ten Commandments and they're like, oh, you know, it's just for the Jewish people. They just did this to remember, remember the fact that they were slaves in Egypt. Mm. Except that in the New Testament, this is repeated to the Gentile Christians mm. where it says, your fathers came out of Egypt mm. to the church in Corinth. Church in Corinth, their fathers didn't come out of Egypt. Church in Corinth, their fathers came out of Greece. Yeah, that's right. These were these were Greek people. These were people from Asia Minor. They were you know from that part of the world, um, and, and and Europe, and they weren't Jewish people. <laughs> no. And so, if you're going to make that argument, then you've got to apply that same thought right here as well. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. So what we talked about yesterday, if you missed it, was Paul talks about how that your fathers, you know, came out of slavery in Egypt when he's talking to Gentile Christians. Mm. And the reason that he's talking about it in that language is because we have all come out of spiritual Egypt, we have all been slaves, and we have all come out of slavery. Mm. Paul goes on in particularly the book of Romans to talk a lot about slavery to sin. Mm bondage to sin, and how that we have been slaves to sin, but we have been redeemed by the miracle-working power of God, by, by God's grace. Just as the Israelites were redeemed from physical slavery, we are redeemed from spiritual slavery, and therefore the Ten Commandments apply to us in just the same way as everybody else. Mm. Now, you've got this passage here where it says, keep the Sabbath as a memorial that you were once slaves in Egypt, and because you can, if the Ten Commandments still apply because we've all come out of physical bondage, doesn't then the Sabbath still apply for exactly the same reason? Mm. Yeah, right. I mean, could you get a better symbol of salvation by grace alone than the Sabbath? And it's interesting because, like, the other context that the Sabbath has given in has been given in, in in Exodus is that God created us, which applies to every human. And then we see here that, okay, it's because he brought us out of slavery, which also applies to every single human. So, therefore, it's like from 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 every side of this argument it just shows that oh it's because god loves you so much and cares about you so much and created you and brought you out of your problems and is you know dying for you and giving mercy to you like oh yeah that's why you keep the sabbath absolutely let's think about this then for a moment and let's think about the commandments why do we keep the commandments do we keep them to be saved or because we are um because we are saved yeah we keep the commandments because we are saved that's Mm -hmm. our love response to god right okay So then, let's think about some of the other commandments. Let's take Mm. the Sabbath out of the equation for a moment. And let's say that you're God. You're not God, just in case you're wondering, but let's say that you are. Why would you give a commandment? If you were God, why would you give a commandment that says you can't have other gods? Because that would be the best thing for the people, but also because there are no other gods. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And it's kind of obvious that uh, if you're God and people serve a different God, then you're not going to be there for those people because they have separated themselves from you, right? But they're also living in falsehood, like in 
like they're living in falsehood because there's no other gods. They don't. They don't actually exist. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of obvious why you would, mm. if you were God, that's where you would start. It's like don't have other gods. It's like the most obvious commandment yeah. ever. Uh, let's pick another one. Um, dash up, not kill. If you were God, why would you say that? Um, because living is good and dying. Get this. Hold on. It's deep. Dying. They're going to be deep. Is bad. I told you it was going to be deep. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Okay, so if dying is bad, then it kind of makes sense. In fact, it doesn't kind of make sense. It's like the most obvious thing mm. ever that going around killing people is a really bad idea. Yes. Okay, so then if you were God and you make this commandment, uh, worship me every 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 seventh day. Have a day of worship. Not worship, worship me every day, but have a day of worship every seventh day. Mm-hmm. And that's the Sabbath day or the Saturday. Mm. Uh, why would what what difference would it make which day that it happens on? Well, you know, there there could be something to say in the fact that it, we know historically that the seventh day week comes from this tradition. Yes. Um. And actually, I'm going to be preaching on this. Um. At Tari, Tari uh-huh. Adventist Church, uh, this Saturday, I'm going to actually mention this as a part of my presentation on the French Revolution, mm. where they tried to outlaw everything to do with religion. Oh wow! Yeah, dude, awesome. But essentially, like, okay, so if they've been keeping this tradition since creation, or there has been a group of people who have been, you know, the seventh day a week has existed since then. Well, then it would be the same seventh day as it was. In creation, like in the days of creation. So then therefore it's like there's something that could be said about, okay, this is literally the same seventh day. But ultimately at the same time, I think it's like it doesn't necessarily matter, right? Like, And this is my point. Which scenario shows a greater love for God? Hmm. Doing something that God says to do, because it's obvious why God would say to do it, mm. or doing something that God says to do because it's not obvious, mm. when, or when it's not obvious, which one shows a greater love for God? The second one. The second one, absolutely. Mm. And this is why it is here in the commandments. This is why God gives this commandment, because the other ones, they all make perfect logical sense. Mm. They're really obvious why God says it. And God throws this one in because this one shows where your heart is. Yeah, totally. And I'm sure it's a situation that many people have been through who are who are married, that have gone through hard times and needed to trust their spouse or maybe in the workplace. Or I'm pretty sure that, you know, it's a pretty common story arc that, that is used within within movies and TV and books, this idea of like, um, oh, come on, just trust me against all odds. And they, they overcome and save the day and whatever it may be. Um, but we see this taking place in relationship to God that he says, hey, like, big, and, you know, based on the fact that we have this relationship that where there is, you know, evidence to support that I really am who I say I am. And in, in, in this sense, it's the other nine commandments, like, you know, to have a codified system of law that's this sophisticated at this time that is also so obvious, it's like, oh, man, God is really saying something real and tangible and meaningful here. Um, but he's like, oh, yeah, and this last one, again, it doesn't seem obvious, but based on the fact that you know I'm a good God, you know that I care for you, as shown in the 
the laws that I've already made. Hey, can we just have a relationship where you trust me and you can just do this one thing for me? Like what, what better way could you signify that you trust God, that you love God, that you care about the things that God says, that you care about God? Like God is God. You know, we don't, we don't understand what that's like because we're finite humans, but God is also a being. The Bible says that God is happy sometimes and sad other times and upset other times and angry other times because he's a dynamic being, you know, and it's like, oh, well, what are we going to do? Just like walk around treading on eggshells around God to appease him? It's like, no, God is, God is much bigger and more tolerant than anything that you could ever do. And that's proven by the fact that he came down and died on a cross for us. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the height of tolerance right there and of mercy and of grace and of forgiveness. But at the same time, like if we're seeking to have a personal and intimate relationship with him, what better way than to do the things that he's asked us? Yeah, as you said, not because they're obvious, but because we love him. Exactly. It's kind of like this. You know, um, your birthday is on a particular day. Yeah. Do you know what day it is? 22nd of October. Wow, powerful. Yes, I know Lawson's <laughs> birthday. 22nd of October. It's a bit of a famous date in history, but anyway, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know why, Google it. You will find out some fascinating facts of history. But, um, you know, sort of let's say that, you know, well, let's say that you take my relationship with Shell. Mm-hmm. So we've been married for 28 years. We yes. love each other. And your birthday is its kind of meaningless in many ways because mm. you don't remember the day that you were born. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Does it really matter which day you celebrate it on? I mean, can't you just pick any random day in the year? Totally. And so let's say that, you know, because I've been married to producer Shell for 28 years, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can pick any day in the year to celebrate her birthday on, so I will. Oh, it'd be so funny. So, Shell's birthday is on the, uh, what, the 6th of August? Whoa, um, Lawson knows that one as well. Imagine if you picked the 5th. Imagine if you just showed up on the 5th with all the presents, like, happy birthday, babe, and, and Shell's just, like, super confused. You take her out to dinner, and then the next day when it's actually a birthday, you're just, like, sitting there on the couch, like, on your phone, and Shell <laughs> walks out, and she's like, hey, what, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, you know... Well, I don't know. What's wrong with you? Yeah, maybe if I let's, let's let's say I flipped it all the way around through to say January. Yeah, that's right. Let's do it. It's just and you know, if you did that to somebody, they would feel like you cared less about them. Totally, because you are honouring them according to your convenience mm. only. Yeah, sorry, and this is babe. What, this is what happens when, when Jesus says, hey, worship me on the Sabbath day, on Saturday, and we're like, yeah, we'll do it according to our convenience. You know, mm. Sorry, God, um, but this one's more convenient, so we'll do it here. Wow. What does that say about your relationship with God? You know, you've got to ask yourself some pretty serious questions about some of these kind of things, and God puts them in the Bible to challenge us. You know, this is a memorial that God has redeemed us from sin. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, you know the answer. Give us a call right now. Mm -hmm. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Ezekiel. 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 Let's go to Ezekiel. Right, right, right down, smack bang down the middle. Okay, so Ezekiel. And I've got to find this first. It is right here in front of me. 20, Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 12. Let's read this one. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 20 and verse 12. 20 and verse 12. 
the Bible says this. As I find it on the page, here we go. And I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between me and them. It was to remind them that I'm the Lord who set them apart to be holy. Okay. So this is, let me read it from my translation. It says, Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. And so here the Bible says that, you know, they're sanctified. The Sabbath is a memorial of sanctification. In other words, the Sabbath is a memorial of redemption. Mm. And, of course, in, uh, you know, Deuteronomy, it talks about it redemption from Egypt. Mm. My question, Lawson, is have you been redeemed? Yeah. Have you been redeemed from slavery? Yes. So how does the Sabbath apply any less to you than it does to an Israelite? Mm. Yeah. It, it applies to all of us just the same. Mm. All right. So we have here uh, the Bible says that it, and what's interesting, of course, is, is that uh, you know, it continues on and it gives the context here in verse 13, but the house of Israel rebelled against me. Um, in the wilderness, and they walked not in my statutes, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. And my Sabbaths they greatly polluted. Mm. Then I said, I'll pour out my fury upon them in the wilderness to consume them. Oof. You know, and you can continue on through the story here. And so this this evidence right here that we have in the book of Ezekiel is that Sabbath is all about redemption. And, and, and when you read the context, it's redemption from slavery that... God is talking about, and when they polluted his Sabbath, which was a memorial of slavery, sorry, a memorial of redemption from slavery, then God was going to pour out his anger. He was going to condemn them for that. Mm. Is it any different different for us? Have you been redeemed? Yes. Yes. Have you been redeemed from slavery? Yes. Yes. Then shouldn't we keep the Sabbath as a memorial in exactly the same way? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is what you find when you go over to Hebrews chapter 4. And this is where Paul, of course, brings this concept over into the New Testament. Um, you know, And we could look, of course, in Matthew 24 at the command of Jesus, where Jesus specifically commands New Testament believers to keep the Sabbath. Mm. But we'll look at this one here in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 4. Um, why don't you read for us verse 1 and 2. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble in fear that some might fail to experience it. For this good news, that God has prepared for this rest, has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Okay, and what Paul's going to go on here and talk about and build a case for is that the rest that he's speaking of here is rest in grace. Rest from salvation by works, mm. and so he's like, okay, so many of you have fallen into the trap of rest uh, of 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 trying to be saved by works, mm. and because of that, you miss out and you don't actually experience that rest that um, that that God has been able to bring to you. In verse three, it says, "For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest from the seventh day from all his works." Mm. And so here, Paul's like, "Okay, the Sabbath is a memorial of rest from works." Yes. It's a memorial of resting from salvation by works. 
Now, if I if I remember Shell's birthday on her birthday, why do I do that? I remember it on her birthday because that is her birthday and that's what she would like and I do it because she likes that. It mm. honours her. If I just pick a random day in January when her birthday is in August and honour her birthday, she still gets the same presents, right? So shouldn't she just be just as happy? <laughs> presents well, are no different, yeah. whether it's in January or August. Mm-hmm. But the meaning is different mm. because the August date is special to her. Yes. And when I do it on my day, it's me coming to my wife and saying, look, the day I choose is good enough for you. Mm. Be happy. And we, when, we, when we choose our own day for the Sabbath day, it's us coming to God and saying, hey, the day that we choose, it's good enough for you. Just be happy. Mm. Is that the kind of attitude that we should take towards God? No. Is that the kind of attitude you take towards somebody who gave their life for you? Yeah, no. Now, when Jesus said to worship on the seventh day, on the Sabbath day, on Saturday, we should just do that. Mm. Why is this so hard? You know, why is it why is it a struggle for people? And I, I just love the point that you made because, like, yeah, I've talked to many people about the Sabbath. I've done Bible studies with many people about the Sabbath, and, and it's amazing to see so many people accept it as a teaching of the Bible. Yeah. Like, and to see, okay, no, the Bible is actually saying to do this. But I often find that the next step that people need to take is like, okay, like, yes, I can see that God is calling me to do this, but then it's like, oh, do I really have the time? Oh, I might get in the way of this or that or the other. And I'm like, do you not have time for God? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. If you don't have time for God, your salvation is salvation by works. Mm. And that's what Paul's whole passage here in Hebrews 4 is all about. Mm. The Sabbath is a memorial of salvation by grace. Mm. Because if you're coming to God and saying, my works are good enough for you, God, that's Mm. salvation by works. Whereas when we come to God and say, hey, if you said to do that, I'll just do it because I love you, that's salvation by grace. At the same time as well, like you could come up with a really altruistic reason for not keeping this up. Like, I, I do, I look after family or whatever. Well, you can look after your family by keeping the Sabbath with them. But I want to yeah. say, ultimately, that's motivated by selfishness too. Yes. Because you're seeing how it benefits your situation right. rather than, you know, being faithful to God. Absolutely. And it's like, uh, ultimately, it's like, what are we doing on the Sabbath? Worshipping God. And who wants us to be blessed and to have an amazing experience with him? God does. Like, yeah, man, God is good. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. But right now, it's time for... Question of the Day. All right, here we go. You ready? Yes. This is quite a long question. It's from Brayden. And it says this. God knows everything about us and he cares for us. He wants us to accept him and be happy. Well, I very much agree with that. What if the thought uh, What if the thought that the new earth won't contain the places our hearts desire turn us away from heaven? Yes, I know that heaven is more than just our desires. It is about wanting to spend eternity with Jesus as our savior. Also, God created us, our personalities, although corrupted by sin. So the question is, if we enjoy the beach as a place of refuge and a place where we feel connected to God, how can we reconcile the verse in Revelation saying that there will be no more seas? What about the amazing ocean animals that God has created? <laughs> Go for it, Brayden. 
Braden takes away the prize for the most roundabout way of asking, <laughs> why is there no sea in heaven? <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> that's epic question right there. And, you know, he's given some good explanations to it as he's, well. He's very thoughtful. The beach is his safe place. That's where mm-hmm. he goes when, you know, and for me, I'm exactly the same. Take me to the beach. Let me sit there on the sand, feel the wind, listen to the waves, and there is just nothing more relaxing than the beach. It is mm. the most awesome place to go. So this is what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first, first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Okay, so we've got, to be in, we've got to be careful that we don't read into this more than what the Bible says mm. because the Bible does not say that there won't be a beach. There won't be beaches. Mm-hmm. The Bible does not say that sea creatures will cease to exist. Mm-hmm. But the Bible does say that there'll be no more sea. Now, what can we take away from that? Okay, um, for all of my surfy friends, have you ever been to Lake Superior? People go surfing there. Mm-hmm. There's nice beaches there. You can't see to the other side of Lake Superior. Mm. So do we have to have vast, empty, watery wastelands to be able to have all of the nice things that we have right now and experience them? Mm. You know, could a whale not survive in Lake Superior? It's like Lake Superior. My wife, you know, she grew up just not far from Lake Superior, so been there many times. Uh, Could a whale not survive in Lake Superior? I think many whales could survive quite happily in Lake Superior, provided that they could acclimatise themselves to cold fresh water. Mm. I guess it's no more cold than the water that they swim in down in the Antarctic, but it's definitely up there. And so uh, the Bible doesn't say that there won't be salt water. But what the Bible is saying here and what God is saying is that there won't be the vast expanses of nothingness that we have right now that separate us. What God is saying is that he's going to create a world in which the saved of all ages can fit. Mm. And what God is also saying is that the saved of all ages is going to be a very, very large number because he's not going to be able to fit them all on this planet unless he reduces the amount of water and increases the amount of land drastically. So have no fear. There will be a place to go and sit on the beach where you cannot see over the horizon. There will be a place to enjoy the ocean swells. There will be a place to enjoy the surf as it comes into the beach. There will be a place to enjoy surfing if that is your thing or sitting on the beach if that is your thing or just getting out and going for a swim in that extra buoyant salt water if that is your thing or looking at sea creatures and uh, fish and interacting with coral if that is your thing. That will all be available in heaven. God is not getting rid of anything that he's created on earth. He's restoring it back to what it was in its perfection. And we have so much less than what we used to have in the past, and there is going to be so much more in heaven. We just won't be separated by thousands and thousands and thousands of kilometers of vast, empty wasteland. I mean, think about the Mediterranean. It would not take much dirt to turn the Mediterranean into a lake. Do you really need more than that? I mean, seriously, do you really need more than that? I don't think so. Anyway, that's our question of the day, and I think it's a great question, so thank you for sending it through. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. 
course, if you'd like to do a Bible course, we can do that. We can supply that for you for free as well. You can do it online. You can do it small group. You can do it one on one with somebody else. Just give us a call. We can make it happen. But right now, as you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith. You will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Securely fold you